0: This is the Power Aesthetic Podcast. I am Paul Wagoner, and today we are going to be talking about how to build a fire I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with or fans of the Jack London story of the same name. When I was a kid, uh, I remember it was in a, a book of short stories that we had to read for some school project and it was one that always stuck with me and in the years that followed, Jack London became one of my favorite writers but I've come back to this story often because I think that there's such a, an allegory in that story for the way that my life has been many times. So in the story, if you're not familiar with it, this guy who's he's like a greenhorn or whatever, he's like new to the Yukon and uh, doesn't really understand how cold things uh, can get and how brutal it can get. And the long and short of it is that he's trying to rendezvous with his boys back at camp and uh, he's got his dog with him. And uh, he's trying to get there, and he has got to slow down, and he needs to make a fire because it's dropping to like seventy five below zero. And he's trying to make this fire. You know, he's he's got all this little tinder and everything, and he gets it built and uh, he lights it. But because of how he was moving around and some of the heat, you know, he's under a I think like a sentinel pine or something in the story, and it creates a bunch of of snow to fall on the fire and it puts it out. So he has to start over again and his fingers are getting numb. He can't feel anything. And he finally gets another one going and he just gets this tiniest little bit of a flame. And he goes to pull a piece of moss out of wet moss out. And he knocks the fucking sticks apart because his fingers are all numb. And then he's looking at the dog and he's like, man, maybe I should kill the dog for heat. And he can't grab the dog to choke it because he's too weak at this point. So he strikes out and he tries to run back to camp. And, uh, He just he dies in the snow. He he goes into hypothermia and he lays down in the snow. And as he's sitting there laying in the snow, he's imagining standing with the boys at camp, but they've all just found his body. And the story, you know, it's pretty grim. And you know, it connects to one of the one of the things in in the wolves in my organization. One of the first things that we do in the organization with prospects is we teach them how to build a fire. And this is because fire is integral to a lot of our events. There's always going to be a fire outside our our rituals and things like this always have fire at them. And in general, if you're at a campsite or something with members and there's a prospect there, it's going to be those guys who are gathering up firewood and tinder and stuff like that and starting a fire. And uh, some of you might be amazed at the fact that there's grown men who can't start a fire but there are (laughs) in my experience is a higher percentage of guys who don't know how to start a fire than do know how to start a fire and i don't mean just taking a lighter and holding it to a beer box i mean wait till it's raining or you're you know on the side of a mountain or something like that and uh, it's wet and you say okay i need you guys to go get firewood and build a fire and they can't and the lesson there is that if you can't get a fire going depending on what situation it's one of the most basic primal skills you can have and if you can't get one going you're dead but in the rest of our life this is true as well and and what i'm talking about is the fire of intensity the fire of passion the fire of focus and of drive that we all have in our lives that at certain points threatens to go out or can go out altogether. I've struggled with this often, as I'm sure many other people listening to this have, um, especially if you're creatives or business owners, but even if you're, if you're family man or whatever, we're expected to sort of go through life, just kind of keeping a stiff upper lip and enjoying things and saying, well, gosh darn it, isn't it another great day to be above ground and any day above ground's a great day. And, you know, I'm just going to discharge my duties as a man and, and as whatever else you have to do. And, and it's, it's harder than that. Some days, some days it's easy, but uh, sometimes for long periods of time, it's much more difficult than that. And we experience sort of an existential and spiritual hollowness or, or burnout that is the product of our fuel having turned to ash without being able to feed it enough fuel to keep that fire going. And much like the story If our fire goes out for too long, we will die. We will basically cease living and we will begin existing and our life will become a series of things that we just do, not necessarily things that we enjoy or want to do or feel passionate about, but just a discharging of our duties until we're fucking dead. This is obviously a terrible way to live. So the question that obviously immediately arises from this is, how do we build a fire? How do we get a fire going? Well, (laughs) talking about these prospects, one of the first things that will happen when a prospect is building a fire wrong is several guys will watch them and they'll sit there and they'll put the fire together. You've probably seen this. They've they've got like full-sized wood, you know, like logs and they're sort of like log cabining it. And then they try to stick a couple of (laughs) way too big sticks down in there and then hold a lighter to them or whatever. And it doesn't work that way. And the first thing that you have to do when you come in to show them how is you treat it like you're an older brother or a bully and some little kid's built some thing out of Lincoln walk, so You just <laughs> knock the whole fucking thing over and you scatter it and you say, look, I'm I'm clearing the area. You have failed conclusively and I'm going to clear the area and I'm going to start from nothing and I'm going to show you how to do this. And this is also true of, of getting our fire going again Is is that the first thing that we have to do the first thing that I do when I'm dealing with this is I have to get back to basics. I have to strip the area and start over. Now, we can't usually do this outright. So I don't mean you know I come home and I'm like, hey, woman, I'm filing for divorce and I burn my house to the ground. I shoot my dog, and uh, you know I sell the kids and and start over. You know we can't do that. And and although there are times where we might fantasize about starting whole areas of our life completely over again, it's probably not actually what we want. What we want is a feeling of order and of organization and of things functioning well and of of all these moving parts working together well, and we want to feel excited about it again. We want to feel positive about it again. And starting completely over uh, is usually not the answer unless you're still pretty young and you have completely fucked everything up or you are older and you've totally fucked everything up and everything in your life is pretty much shit, Uh, in which case you have permission to give it the um, exterminatus order and just completely start over again. Uh, And I know guys who have done this and and it was the right decision. But for those of you who have pretty decent lives, but the main struggle is that you're not feeling passionate or you're not feeling excited about it and you know that the problem lies more with you uh, than it does with the situation around you, the first thing that we can do here is we can just strip the area and we can do this in the areas that we can, the areas we have control of. And so there's a lot of stuff that we get caught up with in our day-to-day lives that we need to get in the habit of actually saying no to. Our responsibilities on the day-to-day are usually not overwhelming It's generally speaking, all the extracurricular activities that we say yes to, whatever that might be. It's like this happens to me all the time. You know, I'll I'll say yes five times during the week, and then I'm like, "Motherfucker, I've got so much stuff that I'm avalanched with now. Why did I say yes to all this stuff?" And the reason that you do it is because you want to be seen as somebody who's reliable and and you know who's got a broad enough back to handle his own load and somebody else's and all the rest. And so you say yes to a lot of stuff and that's fine normally, but if you're experiencing burnout where you have to be careful with loading too much onto the fire so that you don't put it out or extinguish it permanently, you have to start saying no to stuff and and strip that area back to the basics. What must I do? What are the basics of what I absolutely have to do? And this is not to strip things back to say, okay, this is all I will do. It's to strip things back to our basic operating system of what I need to do. If I've got kids, I've got, I've got a job, if I've got a wife, whatever. And it's to strip those things down to their simplest so that we can spend the free time that we do have available to us doing things that will begin to generate a spark again. This is like the Tinder and Flint part of getting the fire back. So, we strip things away we strip them down we get back to our absolute basics we all the stuff we're committed to all these extra time drains everything we just reduce it we just knock it all over for now okay we can come back to this stuff later but i'm talking about if you've got classes that you're doing if you're maybe training like a shitload of nights a week in the gym uh, you know whatever it is if if you've got all these other responsibilities maybe you've got some kind of group thing that you do with your friends a week or once a week or whatever it is just say hey I'm going to be absent from this stuff for a little while and I'm talking about if your burnout is serious I'm not talking about the occasional bad day I'm talking about critical systems failure burnout only you know if that's what you're experiencing you know in in the late part of 2020, uh, quite a bit of it, and going into 2021, um, you know, these are admissions that I don't, I don't really like to often make, uh, if I can help it. But I was at a point where I just felt like my body had quit producing serotonin completely. Uh, I felt like nothing that I did put a smile on my face. Nothing that I did really filled me with any kind of enjoyment or passion. Um, and, and it was everything. It was all pervasive. It was across the board, and it was miserable. I mean, I was getting up, going through the motions, fulfilling things the best that I could, and even that little bit would drain me back to a point where my batteries just felt completely empty. I felt exhausted, and I was just doing what I could. And and not only that, you know, it was having a negative effect on my relationships, both with my wife and and my friends, and. I just was, the the normal stuff wasn't working, I'll say that. Um, I tried various stuff to to kind of jumpstart my serotonin levels and, and all the rest of this stuff. And it might just, it wasn't having it. And I spent probably six to eight months and I would have a couple of good days, but mostly they were pretty bleak. And what I had to do was, get back to the basics. I I stripped a lot of stuff back in a lot of ways. Um, I I got through, I sort of pressured through a lot of the stressful situations that I was dealing with in order to get back to a place of, okay, things are pretty simple. I paid a lot of debts down and, and all that kind of stuff. And starting small means I have to add things gradually and I can't fuck with the fire too soon. Um, Once I strip things back and and I find my flint and tinder, what that tinder and flint for me is, I have to take a sort of vacation from even a lot of the things that I enjoy. For example, if I'm dealing with really bad burnout, I stop reading business books, I stop reading nonfiction, I stop reading history, I stop reading all that stuff. And what I do is I read fiction, sheer enjoyment, sheer pleasure it may not be sheer pleasure at first but i've taken the load off of myself from the challenging reading the constant need to be generating new ideas and chasing down all these avenues and which which generally gets me into more commitment and so on and i just decide okay if i'm going to take a break at lunch i'm going to sit out with my lunch i'm going to read a book in the sun or i'm going to i'm going to kick back you know, early on in the evening, instead of kind of going over my day and, and plotting a bunch of stuff and, and running, 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 I kick back and I, I just read. Uh, reading is one of my great pleasures, especially reading fiction. For me, uh, that's like, I like reading science fiction and fantasy and stuff like that. I always have. So that's one way for me is, is I, I, sh- I go back to things that are pleasurable, but pleasurable in a non-self-destructive kind of way. Uh, Simple pleasures. Uh, Sunshine, a big one. Um, I, I try to sit there and enjoy my coffee in the morning. I try to inject enjoyment back into the little things by not multitasking and loading myself up with 18 things at once, like throwing too big of wood on the fire. I'll just go out in the morning and I'll just enjoy my coffee. If someone tries to talk to me or get me into the stresses of the day and schedules, I will calmly, but politely tell them, uh, calmly, politely, but firmly tell them, hey, I'm not doing that right now. I'll worry about that in a little while. It's not imperative that I do this in this 10 minutes. So saying no to people, even on those levels and trying to make it clear to the people around you, especially people that you love and respect, that you're going through something not using it as an excuse, but that you're having a, a, you know, you don't want to make it too dramatic, but you just tell them, Hey, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to say no to a couple of these things. And if I, I'm not going to come off as rude or whatever, but if I'm doing this, don't fuck with me. Um, Cash out of your group chats and stuff like that for a while. Anything that's got you feeling harried. In other words, stuff where you're like, I got to do this now. I got to reply to this now. I think that oftentimes as people we bring a lot of these stresses on ourselves because of the trappings of the modern day. Um, get off Instagram for a while you know even even like suspend your account for a while or whatever anything that creates these loops, right We check our Instagram, we look at our messages it reminds us that we have to send an email. we send the email but then we get an email back in return that sends us to check our other stuff or whatever it is, especially if you're somebody who runs their own business or whatever, this kind of stuff can get really overwhelming. So we have to take the time to do nothing. Um, There's, you know, there's no fix all. I, I don't care how many people right now are trying to sell you on Well, if you just take this chemical, if you just take this CBD, if you just take this ketamine, if you just practice transcendental meditation, if you just listen to these binaural beats, if you just buy these noise canceling headphones, if you just use this meditation app, fuck all that shit. Nobody ever had to use this shit until they came up with it. These are like solutions looking for problems. Anything that sells itself as something that is going to fix you, that is outside of yourself, is a Fucking lie and it is a hustle, and all it wants is your dollar, and it will leave you a little bit poorer with absolutely no progress made in the direction of fixing yourself because only you can fix yourself, right? And but we know this already. It's it's the most cliche thing in the world, but it is a hundred percent true. It's going to require you to fix yourself. And it's going to require you finding a way to make things fun again. It's going to require you to check out a little bit from the things that are stressing you out and finding that time for yourself to just take a breath and say, if I can find one fucking thing right now that gives me enjoyment, I am going to cling to that like a drowning man is clinging to in life raft. For me, these things are usually reading, lifting weights, drawing, drawing, Music and being out of doors, motorcycles. <laughs> you know, there's a few of them, but at, at various points, these things won't be all providing you with any kind of pleasure, and maybe only one of them will. Um, you know, during during one of the challenging areas or challenging times I was having, I just forced myself. I, I got up every morning and I drew and I played guitar, and those are kind of the only two things that I was enjoying at the time. At various other times, it's just been like jujitsu sort of the only thing that I'm enjoying. Other times it's motorcycles. Whatever it's going to be, I'm going to let it be that. I'm not going to spend time going, oh man, well I should be doing X, Y, or Z. Well, I'm not. Whatever it is, I'm going to say that's fine. I'm going to focus on this. And as that enjoyment begins to creep back in, I avoid the initial impulse to go, okay, I'm good. And I'm going to pile all this stuff back on because immediately what happens is you find out that it's like coming back to training after being sick. You don't have the power that you had. You will and you will again and you'll be stronger than you were before. But you might come back lacking a little bit and you think that you're good and you get under that weight and it crushes you. You've got to give yourself time you can do all this i promise you you're strong enough as a human being to do all of this stuff while discharging your daily duties whatever they are as long as you carve out these moments for yourself to enjoy just to enjoy whatever it is you like find the time to enjoy it what you're going to find then is as that enjoyment starts to bleed into other areas of your life a little bit And you've probably taken some time to cut out some stresses, some of which you may feel completely disinclined to add back into your life. I recommend that all of those things that you cut out that don't feel necessary, leave them on the cutting room floor. Mostly burnout is created by expectation and by the feeling that you are unable to get yourself out of this loop one of the craziest things that I always find that happens, you're going to be like, oh, fucking crazy, right? Is that if I'm on a trip or something and I just refuse to reply to correspondence until I'm off the trip, everything is fine. (laughs) It's like, In the moment, it seems so important to reply to everything and to be so on top of everything and just to be all over it, you know, because that's the kind of person I am. It's the kind of person I like to be. It's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be razor sharp. But sometimes we spend so long being razor sharp that we start to fall off that razor's edge and we wind up losing it. And the best way is to realize that Our lives are important to us, but the things that we see as extremely important in our lives can often take a backseat to our own health and our own well-being. And when we do put them in the backseat, we find out that they weren't as pressing sometimes as we thought that they were, which can allow us to breathe a huge sigh of relief and say, man, that means that I don't even have to put them back into the driver's seat again. I can leave them in the backseat and I can sort of be aware of them and take care of them, but I don't have to have them up here with me the entire time, sort of like breathing down my neck. And this is maybe one of the most important takeaways from this year for me. You know, as I've talked about before, I, I stepped away from um, from a project that I'd been working on with a friend uh, that had eaten up a lot of my last couple years, and you know, I, I finished having a house built out in the woods, a really small one and got rid of a bunch of my stuff again and came out there. And, you know, I don't have wifi out at the house or anything like that. So I'm, I'm recording this right now in, uh, in a place in town that I have access to that and on and on. And I've been, you know, doing projects out there and stuff like that. Not as much as my old lady would like probably, but a lot of it has been getting out and sitting on the steps. Um, you know, working on bikes, riding bikes, playing a little music with my friends if I feel like it, and and training and keeping up a, a training routine, which is probably the main thing that keeps me healthy in my life. And I just realized that within the last couple months, it's sort of been this thing that took a while to bleed in as you kind of go through the scary frontier of you know am i going to be making enough money am i going to be doing all this and and you take a deep breath and you go look whatever it is it's going to be fine i'm not going to fucking starve you know what i mean i'm i'm and i and i'm not i'm doing really well and you know sometimes you take that jump and you, you get scared but at the end of the day what's worse you stay involved in all the things that are burning you out and removing the quality of life from the only life that you'll ever have, or you dive back into, or, or not back into, but you dive into some unknown territory. You take some time for yourself. You decrease your work schedule a little bit, and you find time to just enjoy things again. And you realize that, man, I haven't had a smile on my face just sitting here on my front porch in a long, long time. And the upshot of all this is, is that fire is rekindleable. Once you get to that point where you have that space in your chest to breathe, however, you've got to find it, find it. I don't care if you've got to quit your job. I don't care what you have to do with your personal relationships or whatever it is. The older I get, the more aware I become that this is it this is the life that I've got. This is the life that I've lived. And for better or worse, I don't want to spend another day of it stressing out over like numbers and data or any other thing that to me is completely inconsequential and doesn't have anything to do with the marrow of life that doesn't have anything to do with brotherhood and doesn't have anything to do with real value or, or doggedness or any of the rest of these kind of things that that I can do and enjoy doing and be honored to do you know and at the end of the day no matter how burnt out you are you have to find time to remind yourself that this is not a guarantee this candle can snuff out at any time and because of that nothing is worth burning out over nothing is you've got to give yourself this space You've got to give yourself the time and you've got to focus on whatever it is in your life at that time that is providing you with enjoyment of any kind or value or meaning. And you have to focus on that one thing like (laughs) like the North Star in an otherwise completely blackened firmament and realize that that is not going to let you down. You're not going to let you down. You're going to keep on putting one foot in front of the other, over and over and over world without end amen until you get back to a point where you look around you and you say fuck this i get to be here guys i hope you've enjoyed this as i hope you enjoy all these podcasts please share it with somebody or consider coming on as a monthly supporter for 99 cents 499 or 999 by hitting the support button at the anchor homepage of this podcast if you have any suggestions i'm all ears you can email me shoot me a message on any of my stuff and uh, get in touch with me. I'm pretty approachable. I'm always up to listen and I'm always down for good suggestions for stuff or just to shoot the shit. Thanks so much for all the support, guys. I really appreciate each and every one of you. And this has definitely given me something to do with my time that I really enjoy. So I hope you're enjoying it as well. Cheers. Have a good day.